0: This is a 980 CKNW podcast.
1: You are live with the App Show. Mike and John here. Mike Agarbo and John Bueller. We have an awesome program for you today, uh, mostly dedicated to smartphones. We're doing a smartphone roundup of the year. We've got a good friend, Ted Crozonos out of Toronto, to talk about some of the, uh, the highs and lows of smartphone technology uh, and some of uh, his picks uh, as well. Don't forget to hit our website. we got a great contest going. A Christmas uh, holiday gift bag. Getconnectedmedia.com. Hit the newsletter tab. Giving away an Oral-B uh, smart toothbrush, Google Nest Mini, uh, Surface earbuds, and Ancestry DNA kit. That's right. To track down people. <laughs> That's yeah. what I would use it for. <laughs> uh, some uh, news this week. Apple has uh, released uh, a new Gadget. And, uh, you know, we're going to bring our friend uh, Brian Jackson on the line. He's from InfoTech Research Group, where it's all about the research. He's an analyst and uh, tech enthusiast uh, as well, and just wanted to talk about uh, some of this uh, latest uh, news. Not only did they release some new uh, headphones, uh, but also announced when uh, the new Fitness Plus app is live. Yeah. Very soon. Very soon. Thanks for joining us, Brian. Yeah, glad to be here, guys. So, what did you think about the news this week? Uh, We got headphones, we got uh, the Fitness Plus announcement, and uh, the family setup for the Apple Watch is uh, live as well. But I think the big news would be the uh, the over the ear headphones dubbed the AirPod.
0: AirPods Max. Yeah.
1: Max. AirPods
2: Max, as in maximum impact on your wallet, because these things are incredibly expensive. This is five hundred and fifty dollars US. In Canada, after tax, you're paying eight hundred dollars for a pair
1: of headphones. Oh, I thought five fifty was the Canadian price. No, $779. I know you would think so.
2: You would hope so, but no, it's even more than
1: that. So close to eight. Yeah, over eight hundred with tax.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. I don't know if I'll I'll be able to get get that for Christmas. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be able to get that for Christmas.
0: (laughs) Well, you can't because they're already like a 14-week pre-order time.
1: So, Brian, I know where you're going with this. You're like, what the hell? They're so expensive, but they're sold out. So of course, and that's the magic of Apple, is uh, they can make
2: anything and make people want it instantly, but the power uh, is not that they're made an incredibly good product, and usually I would say that Apple is known as a premium technology brand, they create, yes, higher priced products, like the MacBook, the iPhone. It's a pretty expensive product, but you get the return on the quality. The, the build quality is there, it lasts a long time. It's high performance. It's really good and makes you happy. In, in this case, I don't think there's any argument for the price tag, other than it's a, a, a shameless luxury tier pricing tactic. And they just want you to be able to flaunt your buying power by using the, the by buying this and putting it on your head as a piece of fashion
0: technology. But it comes in five colors, Brian. What what are the five colors again?
2: <laughs> uh, because I mean if it's green, then maybe it's worth $800, right? <laughs>
0: well, there is a I green like one color a which lot. I which I do like as well. Uh it comes in a sky blue, mm. it mm. comes in a, a gray,
1: um $800. Uh I mean obviously they're they're putting a lot of good tech in there
0: well yeah i mean the problem i have with airpods and airpods pro is i always found that they were very expensive for what they actually are and when you look at the marketplace of what else is out there they're really expensive they're simple they're easy to use no question especially on the apple side but i've got like a 50 dollar pair of amazon echo buds
1: that sound just as good i can't live without my airpods i love them yeah We know. Yeah. But so the question is, when I spent $800... There
2: just has to be a ceiling, a price ceiling on what you would would spend on headphones. I mean they just let you hear sound. That's it, like that's all you need for a <laughs> pair of headphones. Like you're, you've got, you're, you talk about the high-end technology, it's a couple of magnets with copper wire wrapped around it inside, and they're covering it with foam. I mean, the, the technology is not amazing. They haven't done anything here that's not released to the market. And as for this spatial audio feature, that's only available if you're using it with your other overpriced Apple products like the iPad, or the or the or the, uh, the iPhone. So uh, most consumers don't even have that option. If you shell out eight hundred bucks, you don't you're not getting that benefit of the spatial audio when you use it with uh, any other device.
1: Did did someone break your iPhone, Brian? <laughs>
2: Well, I I mean, to give you an idea of um, my reasonable approach to buying technology, I won't even spend $800 on a smartphone, right? Like I just bought a Pixel 5, it cost me $500, so I, I got it on some Black Friday special. So how can Apple come into the market and say, yes, buy a pair of headphones that are more expensive than the laptop you use, the smartphone you carry. Or the tablet that so okay.
1: sell. Okay, so, but the honest answer here right now is uh, everyone, Google, Samsung, they're all asking themselves, how can we do this? <laughs> yeah. Can we oh, no, charge?
2: No. I mean, the results are there. And uh, Apple is laughing all the way to the bank because they've sold, sold them out.
0: The thing, though, th- this price point, and I'm not defending Apple with it because I haven't listened to them yet. And I'm not an audiophile. Uh, we do have people on the team that are. So when we do get our pair, we will definitely test them out. Test them out. Yeah. Um, this price point is not out of line for audiophile equipment. It's actually probably half of what the average audiophile over-the-ear closed design uh, headphones would go go for. Typically in the you know the twelve to fifteen hundred dollar range. Yeah. And and we've given away. Noise canceling headphones on this show
1: that were worth a thousand bucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it's not out of the realm. And again, I'm not defending it because I haven't even what used. What is any-
2: your uh, sophisticated audiophile really going to Apple? to get that premium tier audio quality. I don't think they are. I think they're, if you're serious about engineering music or something, I think you're going with a music brand that's been made in this business for a long time. You know, I see this more on the product uh, c- category list alongside something like Bose or Sony or what even Parrot had uh, that those Zeke pair of headphones that were on the market. And you can buy those, uh, you know, from th- 350 dollars up to about four hundred and fifty dollars. Uh I, I don't I just think this is an overpriced product in the category that it's even trying to be in.
1: Well Brian, we're uh we know what you're getting in your stocking. It's a lump of Apple coal. <laughs> but we want to uh thank you for coming on the show today. All right. Thanks for
2: hearing me out guys. Appreciate it.
1: That was Brian Jackson from InfoTech Research Group where it's all about the research. When we come back it's our smartphone roundup for the year. Stay tuned you are back with the app show Mike and John here well it's a end of the year and we're going to do a bit of a a roundup of some of the best uh, smartphone tech out there starting off with Android and then a little bit uh, on the Apple side because they're two different ecosystems to help us uh, go through that is our smartphone expert Ted Krizonos out of Toronto thanks for joining us Ted always a pleasure boys you get to try all the smartphones don't you
3: yes yes almost
1: yes We do too, uh, but you're better at reviewing them. So that's why we we have, you'll actually spend a lot of time uh, trying these uh, these different models uh, out. So we're going to start on the Android side, which is uh, the biggest, uh, I guess, segment of the smartphone market worldwide. Uh, But I guess North America is not as big as worldwide. I think um, if you look at the whole globe, it's over 80% market penetration. But here in North America, it's only about half, isn't it?
3: Well, I mean, it, it's pretty high here too. It, it's just that different companies do well here relative to other markets. So we have some like couple of Chinese brands that do extremely well outside of North America, like, like Xiaomi, for example. I mean, there might be some listeners here who have never heard of that company, but they do really, really well. Oppo is another one. So like they, there's a lot of stuff going on outside of our bubble here in North America, but obviously this is the market that everybody climbers for because, you know, obviously a huge market, you know, uh, middle-class, I guess, willing to, to pay money, good money, uh, for good phones. Uh, and now that, you know, the competition is fairly tight. I mean, there's quite a few, quite a few players, especially on the Android side that are, are clamoring for, you know, for those dollars. Right.
0: So Ted, one of the newest players in the Android space this year was, TCL this year,
3: yeah, yeah. So they brought their phones. Now they brought their phones uh, in the mid-range or affordable categories. So they're not playing in that sandbox of like the really high-end flagships, right, where the Samsungs and you know and the Apples are. Uh, so they figured, okay, we're going to try and go in with you know something a little bit more affordable, something that's within reach for most people, and and try our luck that way. But I, what I think is gonna happen with TCL is that they're gonna go kind of the way their TVs went. So initially, like when TCL brought their TVs to Canada in 2018, they they did, I mean, they were undercutting the competition on price, but they, I don't know that consumers were, were sold quite at that time, but they. I think they are now, two years later. So I think TCL will probably make more of an impact, well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, but they would make more of an impact in 2021 or 2022, I think with their phones. What was interesting
0: though, is when they did launch it though, it was um, a very compelling price point for, like you said, kind of a yeah. mid mid tier quality phone, but definitely all the specs were pretty good for the average person. But then if you bought the pro, they would give you a TV, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which, you know, I know. <laughs> even if you don't use it and you just sell it to somebody else, that's a huge discount on that on that phone and they're they're just sort of pushing themselves into the market that way. I, I, I have the 10 L pro and and I think it's a great phone.
1: Yeah. Ted, uh, what are your thoughts on the the phones themselves? The quality, like, would you recommend them?
3: Yeah. I mean, for, for, for the price, like if you're willing to pay that price and, but I got to add a caveat here, if you're willing to pay that price and you're okay with not having the best phone camera, you're, you're good. I, I think the software experience is good. It's pretty fluid. Um, I, I didn't really have any major hiccups or caveats when using the phone. Like, I found that it was good, uh, especially for someone with modest ex- expectations and tastes. The, the phone is going to be just, it's going to be fine, perfectly fine. It'll be very good value for the money. But just know that you're not necessarily getting the best. Uh, camera that you can get for that price. And the reason I say that is because of Google, uh, which we can get to uh, at some point here. But yeah, that.
0: It's interesting though, because I actually took some photos with the TCL 10 Pro, 10L Pro, I think, uh, and my iPhone 12 Pro. Uh, it was when we had all that uh, uh, activity in the sky at night with the comets and things like that. And I actually found that I liked the photo that I took on the TCL better because it wasn't as over-processed for the night mode uh, that you get on a lot of these, the flagship phones now is all this processing, computational photography, as they call them. Um, But I think it really, that's a very specific niche thing where it was trying not to do too much to what actual light was being shown. So, um, but yeah, I don't think if you're into photography, you're going to think of TCL as your first choice.
1: No, but uh, some uh, decent phones for the price. So uh, Google, that's uh, a a player out there as well. Uh, You know, I think people think Google's probably a big player in the smartphone category, uh, but they're not. Uh, They do sell, you know, a a number of them, but, uh, you know, the Samsungs of the world are are still the juggernauts uh, out there. But uh, Google Pixel, uh, you recommend them this year?
3: absolutely and the reason why is is partly because of price so one thing that i think that was smart that google did this year and and i think it's an overarching point is that they didn't make a flagship phone that was prohibitively expensive so the pixel 5 which is their flagship for 2020 because it uses certain components that are not necessarily the best or the you know the the fastest brought the phone under a thousand dollars um, but the 5 isn't even the phone I generally recommend to people I mean I do if okay you want a second lens or you just feel like you want the best that Google offers I actually recommend the 4A uh, more so because the 4A comes in at under 500 now the 5G version is above that but the, the regular 4A is under $500 it's the best camera you can get in that price range um, not that anything doesn't come close but it's just you're getting pretty much 90% of of the Pixel 5 camera in the Pixel 4a. So to me like if if a camera is a big consideration for you but so is budget, you, you can't go wrong with the 4a. The value is fantastic and and the battery life is better than what it used to be especially from from la- uh, from last year. I mean with the the 3a wasn't bad, but the the Pixel 4 was terrible uh, on battery life and the 4A is a huge upgrade from that. So it's kind of ironic, right? Like it's like this mid-range phone coming after last year's flagship but outpacing it in some key areas.
0: But it's interesting though because what we noticed and and I'll, you know, we recommend the 4A as well. We someone just asked us both actually the other day about that and we said the 4A was the best value and for what you get. But you really need to look at the specs or what's included because sometimes they take things out that you think were just sort of like default now for all phones like being waterproof or, or ip68 you know uh, rated uh I, I don't i don't think the 4a is
3: the 4a is not water resistant and yeah. by the way no wireless charging either that's right so 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 those are so you're right i mean those are two key features like two corners that were cut to bring that price down and you have to be okay with that i mean this is one of those rare phones these days so you have to be worried that just in case it drops into a toilet bowl uh, by accident, you know, like it's, this phone will not survive that very likely. So you do have to be careful. you got to put a case on it, uh, just in case, because it's also a little bit fragile. Uh, but it, it, again, as long as you're careful and you're okay with those things that are missing that you can't go wrong for the price that, that Google is charging for it.
1: I want to ask a question to both of you guys. So Google's got their Pixels. They've got the 5, the 4A. They've launched 5G versions of it as well. So you can actually choose between the the two. Um, And and considering, like, how long do people keep phones? Two, three years?
0: Well, I think it depends on the phone. If you're spending $1,600 for a flagship Apple phone, you might keep it a little bit longer. But if you're on the lower end of the spectrum... You also are probably the person that drops your phone all the time, shatters the screen, has to replace that all the time. Um, but I think I know where you're going with this question. It's like, is, does 5G matter?
1: Yeah, so that, that is my question. Uh, so the 5G versions of these phones cost more, you know, 100, 150 bucks more yep. from what I remember. Yep. Is, is it worth it in your mind? Ted, I'll go to you first.
3: In 2020, no, because there's, just, there's no network to really benefit from. So well that that's gonna be an easier question to answer in 2021. Basically, if you're buying a 5G phone in 2020 and you plan to hang on to it throughout 2021, you you just kind of you future proofed yourself to some degree. That's all you were doing because you weren't gonna benefit from 5G in 2020. There's when you look at the map uh of what is available for 5G for the major carriers, it's a pittance uh of what It could be, and it's going to be the major cities that get it first anyway. So it's going to be a while before we really see any traction in that in that regard.
0: Yeah, I would totally agree with Ted. Uh, Don't buy five G for the sake of five G. We've done a number of tests, Mike and I, uh, with five G phones in the city, out of the city. Four G LTE still is actually faster in a lot of cases.
1: Yeah, it's just, like and how much more penetration are we going to get in 2021 even, yeah. is my question. Yeah. And, you know, is it worth the extra 150 bucks if you're not going to hold on to the phone for a couple of years? I'm, I'm going to just have to halt everyone here. We're going to have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about uh, the smartphones of the year, which one uh, that you might want to decide to pick up. You're listening to The App Show. Back after this. You are back with the app show, Mike and John. Here we're talking smartphones uh, today, uh, kind of doing a roundup of uh, the year. What are some of the best uh, ones? The highlights? Uh, what you might want to choose? Uh, so we're going to go from Google now, and let's go over to
0: just one more, one more on the Android side. Okay. Uh, you actually found this. Uh, oh, we're
1: going to keep going with Android. Oh, are we? Okay. Yeah, okay.
0: Yeah. okay. Well, I was just going—I was just going to mention the TerraCube phone. I oh, yeah, yeah, was really interesting. Have you have you played with the one, Ted?
3: No, I've actually asked for one uh, to review that because I was very curious about that myself, but I haven't been been able to try it personally.
0: Yeah, so the big interesting selling point, which is sort of different than a lot of the other players, is that it's a very low-cost phone. It's not going to be flagship status, but it's all user sort of... Repairable, maybe more in the DIY maker space. But if you want to get an, a different camera module, you can literally unscrew it and put it in yourself.
1: Everything screws. There's no glue. There's it's no glue. It's a
3: modular phone. Yeah. 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 It's a modular phone.
0: Yeah. And so yeah. if you break okay. the screen, you can get a replacement for about 60 bucks US. It's not yeah. bad. And you can install it yourself.
1: It's so this phone is like under 200 bucks. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. But not overly powerful.
0: No, but you know, to give it to your to your to your parents or to your kids. You know, the fact that it's user serviceable and the the replacement parts are uh, available and fairly inexpensive compared to an Apple or a Samsung, I think that's a compelling proposition. And they're also trying to be like more on the eco side with using you know recycled plastics and all that type of stuff. So it's more of a sustainable phone as they market it. But
1: yeah, I know you're trying that out. So we'll uh, yeah. give more of a review over the next few weeks. And maybe Ted, maybe they'll send you one one day.
3: I, we'll see. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wondering. Let's uh,
1: let's talk Samsung now. They're obviously uh, the big guy out there, uh, one of the biggest yeah. uh, smartphone makers uh, in the world. Uh, as always, they have a variety of different phones and, and technologies. Um, you know, they have the Note line, which is kind of the big phablet. You know, with the S Pen, so you can use it as like a writing device. Uh, you know, they've got uh, the the regular Galaxy. S twenty line uh, that they had uh, this year as well. Uh, I, I thought maybe the interesting story here, Ted, again came down to price. Uh, you know, obviously they, they have to launch those flagship phones. Those things are getting expensive, right? You're looking twelve hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, depending on what model you get. Even higher if you get you know more memory in them. Uh, but the one that seems to be doing well is the um, the fan edition of the S twenty, and that yeah. one's that yeah. one's coming in just under a thousand dollars.
3: Yeah. So, okay. The, and now, I don't know this for a fact, but to me, the fan, they launched the fan edition partly because of what I thought was was really the trend going on in 2020. Now, of course, the pandemic is going to be a factor in this. So, you know, people are going to be a, a little bit tighter with the money. They're not going to be able to spend as much. But I, I would argue that that was already a trend that was already un- going on in 2019, so I think there's a little bit of a shift that's been going on towards more of a mid-range type device because some of the, the key technology is being applied at that level. So the Fan Edition I'm, has done well. In my opinion, it's, it's the S20 phone that I recommend to everybody. Forget the Ultra. The Ultra actually was, a dis, was kind of a disappointment um, because of some of the things that Samsung was hyping up about it. And they, were, and they launched three versions at the same time. The fan edition, though, is kind of a combination of those things. And and to me, it's the phone I recommend as far as the S20 line goes. But to me, Samsung finally and ultimately has to now combine the Note and S lines together. Uh, Enough's enough. The screen sizes are not different anymore. Even the screen technologies are not different anymore. Only the pen is the difference. Just include it with the S20 or the S30, whatever you're going to call the next one, and just be done with it.
0: I thought also Samsung really showed that the second generation of all their folding phones are, you know, really coming into their own now. Uh, we, we, we had uh, the Fold and the Flip, if I remember those. Names yeah, correctly.
1: yeah. Um,
0: they were actually really good.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed with the, uh, the strides uh, they've made in um, working that technology. I still, I love the Flip. It's like a little uh, Flip phone. Basically,
0: it reminds me of like the Game Boy SP.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I still have it, and I'm 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 using it. Uh, it is, it's you know, it's eye catching. You know, when I bring that out, uh, well, not that I'm going out anymore, but <laughs> when I occasionally had gone out and you know opened that up, people are always like, "Oh my God, what is that?" Yeah. You know, it's a folding screen phone. It's uh, amazing. Uh, Ted, in your opinion, in 2021, do you think that's going to be a thing, or are we still recovering from COVID and people tight with money?
3: Well, Samsung will keep making these, these, you know, folding phones or whatever, you know, whatever they, 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 you know, churn out of a lab, uh, in Korea, they'll, they'll come out with those and they'll be obscenely priced. Uh, and few people will will buy, will be able to buy them really or be interested in buying them. But my, what I'm more interested in, um, because I'm, I, although I'm curious about that, what I'm more interested in, I think, from a regular, just from a, an average consumer, is how many Samsung phones they'll be able to choose from. Because we didn't even talk about the actual mid-range Samsung phones, like the the A line. Yes. Right. The A7, you know, the A71, the A51. Like those were actually, I would argue, those are probably the phones that sold the most for Samsung.
0: We gave a couple away over the summer, uh, and. I think those are definitely one the of the more popular prizes as far as entries that we would get from people that were excited about getting those phones because it, it's the balance of the features and price for the average person, not the uber photographer or the you know yes. the, the TikTok.
1: So those those are coming around five six hundred bucks, yeah, or less. And the camera, like, how are the cameras on that compared to you know the the thousand or the the twelve hundred dollars phones?
3: Not as good. Uh, obviously, you're not going to get you know samsung always saves its best camera technology for its best phones but that's partly why that fan edition phone was appealing was because you got most of the the best camera technology in a price that was more palatable i would say compared to other devices that samsung launched but um yeah i i I think ultimately those mid-range phones under the a-line do very very well for them especially on volume because again they're within reach for more people You know whether you're getting it on a deal or not.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times those are the phones that you get for free or very little money up front.
1: Uh, Let's let's talk Huawei now. They were a major player, uh, you know, in 2019 and set to really take over in 2020 until all the craziness happened. Uh, You know, U.S. sanctions against them using uh, U.S. technology. Uh, but still, they managed to sell hundreds of millions of uh, phones uh, worldwide. Uh, but their latest versions don't even have stock Google Android anymore. They're running Android, but an open so- source version. What are your thoughts on on Huawei right now, Ted?
3: So that so the P40 Pro to me was the phone that was you know so good in so many ways, but unfortunately handicapped. Uh, in, in a lot of, you know, by, for obvious reasons, right? So here was a device that I, if it was running Android like everything else was, would be an exceptional device. Although I'm not, I'm still not crazy about Huawei's software, um, still the, the device is great. It's just unfortunately it's hampered by what it can't do, right? And, and this actually created more of an opportunity for OnePlus to stand out because OnePlus has one of the best Android experiences of any phone out there. It's fantastic. Their oxygen software is, 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 is amazing. And their, their camera's getting better. But OnePlus went the opposite of what some of the other brands were doing by going like flagship, like going like, hey, we're gonna go above $1,000. OnePlus had made its name by being cheaper than the competition, but they were more expensive in some cases than the competition in 2020. So uh, the phones are great, but it's just, it's a harder sell when you're charging as much as you are. Right. But yeah, Huawei will be a company to watch for though in 2021.
1: Yeah. I'm interested to see what happens when Biden gets in, uh, if there's going to be changes on those uh, restrictions as far as the technologies and chips. Uh, cause that's hampering their even ability to even make the phones. Uh, now I've, I've been using a, a Huawei P40 pro, um, uh, one of the phones in my arsenal. It is, I, I love it. Uh, the camera on it is amazing. Uh, amazing. It, it, um, it is running Android. I've been able to get pretty well, most of the apps that I typically would use on there. Uh, they've got uh, the Huawei app gallery and something called pedal search that finds those apps for you and installs it. So uh, you know there are a few little hitches here and there, like Uber doesn't work well. Uh, you know the mapping stuff is not always perfect, but it's it's not bad. We're gonna have to take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the iPhone and Apple in review for this year, twenty twenty. Back after this. Okay, you're back with the app show. Mike and John here talking about uh, smartphones in review this year. Uh, of course, Apple. They're the big player out there. Uh, we've got uh, Ted Cronzonos on the line helping us uh, through this. Uh, what was the big story in your uh, opinion with the Apple smartphones this year, Ted?
3: Uh, well, that they launched four versions of the iPhone 12, um, including a Mini. Um, I mean, and, and ultimately the Mini and the regular 12 are going to be the ones that sell the most, along with the SE, the one, the, the phone that they had launched earlier in 2020. Um, that, those are ultimately the ones that are going to sell the most for Apple. The The, the Pro versions are not a volume play, it's just the margins are so high on those phones that they don't need to sell as many of them. And frankly, I don't think most people need the pro version. The, the regular iPhone 12 is fine. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't know, like uh, it's typical Apple. Like it's just, I don't know that the 12 is that much better than the 11. At this point, the company just makes incremental improvements. I know they played up the, the photography side of things and that's always good that they, that they improve on that. But I, I still think they're not, they're not at the top yet. Definitely not.
1: What about the MagSafe feature, the the magnetic back for wireless charging?
3: Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a way for them to license something out to accessory manufacturers. Uh, so it's another revenue stream for the company. Although I do wonder if you have that magnet in the back of the phone and you put a credit card near that in your pocket, Will it not ruin the car?
1: We're going to get you um, to test that, Ted.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's just things like that. Like it's 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 practical things like that that I wonder about when when they release a technology or a feature um, that is supposed to be convenient, but at the same time could be inconvenient if it leads to some unforeseen incident like that, right? Um, I know that I there are there have been people who have experienced uh, this issue. Um, so, you know, you got to have a case or something, you know, something that kind of create a, you know, a buffer uh, between any of your, 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 your plastic and uh, you know, and that MagSafe on the back. Right.
1: It's interesting. You know, you talked about Samsung that they should pare down the amount of versions of their, uh, their S20 line or, you know, that, that particular line. Yeah. Um, and here's Apple expanding their line.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, which I, I don't know that they're going to do that again. I mean, they might, it really depends on how many they move because they're trying to appeal to those who want a smaller screen and those who want a huge screen. And then you have a couple of different models uh, in in the middle. Um, I don't know. I I would like to see fewer iPhones, but I guess, you know, the powers that be in Cupertino think otherwise, um, you know, maybe more choices better, but they'll make that decision and determination. I think based on how many units they move, out of these four. Uh, it would not shock me if one of them is cut uh, after this year. And if, if it was m- like my money would be either on the Mini or the 12 or like the regular Pro. Uh, but we'll see, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, I mean, you know, they've already they've already created their own Silicon for their Macs. We're, they're already using their own Silicon for, for their phones. So uh, I have a feeling maybe next year, they might have something else to pull out Uh, especially when it comes to photography.
1: You don't think they improved the cameras enough in this one?
3: They did. They did. uh, They did improve them, but to say that they're better than, and and not that, and Google, I I feel Google didn't move far enough uh, on on the camera side. They they should have done way more, especially on hardware. Like Google, it's time to use a different image sensor, seriously. Um, But but at the same time, I, I don't know that Apple, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm speaking relative to the hype that Apple threw out there, right? Like that this is like exceptional. It's like revolutionary. I don't know. I'm it, not so...
1: It, it worked uh, on us, Ted. We both have iPhone 12s.
3: <laughs> and, and do you feel like it's a... You know, do you feel it's revolutionary? I mean...
1: I Oh, I feel good, Ted. What do you think? <laughs> yeah. I, I like the camera. I, I have noticed a difference in, the night, uh, difference in the night shots. There's no question.
0: And even the day shots. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and I had the 11 Pro before this, and I think you did as well, John. So I have noticed a a different, it just keeps getting better, which is great. And you know, that happens. Which
3: is good. Which is good. That's the way it should be. Yeah,
1: Ted, I want to thank you for joining us again.
3: Always a pleasure guys. Thank you for having me.
1: Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got lots of uh, great uh, reviews up there of all these uh, different uh, smartphones. When we come back from the break, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You are back with the app show. Mike and John here. That was a lot of smartphone. <laughs> it was. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of great choices, a lot of cool technology. So I'm excited uh, coming into 2021 to see what to expect, like what kind of innovations will happen, just even based on you know COVID, like if they're going to take that into account.
0: Well, that and that's the thing I'm wondering about too, is like, has that hampered any development that they would normally have done? It has to have some way. I mean, Apple even pushed back their stuff and it was probably already ready yeah for the most
1: part well we're gonna find out yes and we'll keep you on top of that uh want to throw to our contest it's it's a great one uh this holiday season here it's a uh holiday gift tech basket that we've uh, put together and there's hundreds of dollars of prizes in here an ancestry.ca dna kit we have an oral b io series 7 smart toothbrush this thing is cool it tells you how to brush your teeth properly and also a Google Nest Mini and some Microsoft Surface earbuds.
0: And a six-month subscription to the Ancestry uh, service, so you can actually research your whole family history.
1: Yeah, like, and you know, that's a cool thing. If you've already got the, the DNA kit done, Uh, the subscription service it is awesome i had a chance to try it out you can research so many different uh historical databases for your relatives and you would be amazed at what uh, comes up so if you want a chance to win all of that getconnectedmedia.com and uh Don't forget to hit our website just for all the great articles and blogs we have there. All the latest uh, tech videos, first looks, how-to segments, they're all up there, including our video podcasts uh, as well. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together. Of course, John Beeler, uh, my co-host and producer, and uh, Christina Stoyanova back at the studio. We'll see you again next time.